This is a Capricorn FM podcast. Um, let, let's let's look at the impact of technology. It's Tech Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do this every single Tuesday where we observe technology, its impacts, pros and cons, and stuff like that. Right. So mm-hmm. it's no lie that. Um, in, in recent times, uh, especially because of uh, the pandemic, right? Mm. Uh, a lot of companies had to rethink how they operate, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and how they, 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 they better deal with their products and their customers. Mm. Um, the past couple of years, the past two years, we've seen people uh, now start to work a lot from home. For ARR taking over as it should. Yeah, but to, uh, now people know what um, uh, a modem is. <laughs> My family you know still what I mean? thinks it needs a contract. <laughs> you know, people know what what is a router now. You know because companies Live had to, streaming, yeah, Zoom it, meetings. You know, it was in an attempt, of course, to navigate the challenges that were faced with business. They had to, of course, uh, turn to technology and innovation in search of a new and a better way to serve the needs of their customers. So this has created tons and tons of opportunities yes. uh, for businesses, propelling them ten years ahead in just a span of like eighteen months. Right. So yeah. we are joined on the line right now by co-founder of Law Trust, Mason Mairi. And today we focus on tech business opportunities that were sparked by lockdown in Africa. Mason, hi. Hi, you know, and when I was thinking about today's talk with you, it's like super exciting, you know, and I, and I think the, the best way to put it in context for everybody is to go back and look at your own life and think about how much do you miss queuing in a bank? Mm. Just a starting point, you know. It's something that revolutionizes our personal lives. You know, we absolutely don't miss this at all. Mm. You know, so we're starting to expect that everything in our lives has got this digital smooth interaction, you know. And I think that's what sets the context of the whole thing. Mm. It's a good thing, not a bad thing at all. 100%, I agree. So, Mason, what would you say the business opportunities were sparked by uh, the lockdown in Africa? I actually think it's a big equalizer, you know, because now... The reality is it doesn't matter how big your building is. It doesn't matter how many branches you have right through the country. Mm. It's kind of even Stevens, you know. If you've got a digital presence, it's far more important than having a physical presence in bricks and mortar. You know, this is the reality now. You know, that's number one. If we look at a lot of businesses and our own business, the, the Law Trust business, for example, you know, we are in the cyber space. But we have been able to compete with international organizations, U.S. companies, by using U.S. cloud services, you know, so the fact that they've got these data center services that they're making available means that we as a South African company can actually make use of this. And before, if issues came up like data residency, you know, what that means is if you're taking the information of people in the country, you've got to keep it in the country. You know, that's, that's yeah. what it's all about. Now, all of a sudden, data residency doesn't matter to us anymore. As a South African business, we can still compete because we can say, that's great. We can keep your data resident. We're just going to use the cloud service in your own country. You know, before that was never possible. Mm. So, So what a positive move for most businesses to have a digital channel to service what their customers expect anyway. Mm, now, now, with that said, how has technology revolutionized the way businesses operate now? Well, again, it's not about banking only, but let's, let's use banking as an example because we're all familiar with it. You know? Okay, yeah. You've got the, the, the digital way of onboarding a customer. You know, before a customer would have to come into your shop, they'd have to fill out the paperwork. You'd have to get maybe a copy of the ID if you're going to grant them credit. Um, and it's quite a cumbersome process for the, the shop owner, the service provider, as well as for the customer. 
Now we've got fascinating new technologies that banking has pioneered, but everybody can use. You know, you've got the digital onboarding and ID proofing process. That means you can go to the website, you can fill in the form, you can provide a photo of your ID, and then there's technology in face recognition that can actually take a selfie of you through your webcam or through your phone. It'll extract the facial features and match that against the photo of your government-issued photo ID, mm. which is reasonably certain that it is you then, and then you can create an account and you can start trading, and all of this can be done online. You know, again, almost two years ago, you never would have thought that businesses would go for this, you know, but now it is the reality because you can now get customers anywhere, you know, absolutely phenomenal that you can. So there's one of them. That onboarding process is, is followed by a necessary contracting process. You know, so now we can actually use things that in our legislation have been available for years. We've had this thing called the ECT Act, the Electronic Communications and Transactions Act of 2002. It's been around that long. And it introduced legally binding electronic signatures. But most businesses never exercise that. Mm, you know, so we yeah. actually have the legal mechanisms to do an electronic signature. And now we have the reason to do it as well. So you've got South African service providers that are playing in this space that can give the technologies. But what has been missing is this last mile, the last jump to adoption, which has just happened now. You know, so it's fascinating in all fronts. All right. Now, look, Mason, we're seeing a lot of companies uh, taking advantage of uh, this situation. So what would you say that South African companies or South African businesses rather need to do to capitalize on these opportunities? Yeah, so I think the first thing is you've got to be open to the opportunities. You know, so I think exactly what you're doing in the show tonight, we're introducing some of the concepts, but that'll remain concepts unless as a business owner, you actually go and have a bit of a look. You know, so go and research some of these and think about your own business. You know, think about your own business. Where are you taking information? Why are you taking this information? You know, it's quite close to conversations we've had on WhatsApp and Facebook, you know, and things like what's going wrong. But there's also a positive side. You know, mm-hmm. think about the information used in your business. And that'll lead you to how can you provide a digital channel to your customers? You know, probably your customers would prefer to interact via a webpage or via WhatsApp or something like that anyway. You know, it's much more convenient. Mm. So what started is just thinking about it, you know, being open to this whole thing. The web presence and web advertising is an absolute must today. You know, Mm. you don't necessarily have to be the Twitter queen of the world (laughs) in order to do business. (laughs) But if you don't have a website and you're not out there, you're not giving your customers the opportunity to go and do their own research and learn about things. You know, 60 to 70% of the buying journey these days is done before a customer contacts the vendor. And, that, and mm. you can see it on our own lives. You know, we like researching these things before we are sold to. Mm. So, so don't be that business that doesn't actually put information out there because you're trying to keep it all secret. You know, that mm. absolutely yeah. does yeah. not work anymore. Yeah, it doesn't. So you mentioned um, uh, verification processes that people get to use to access uh, some of the information that they have or IDs or OTPs. But one thing we cannot shy away from is cyber criminality. How can small businesses protect themselves against growing uh, cyber criminal threats? You know, that's a great point, you know, because just as we in business are learning all about the digital channels and we're digitalizing, we're looking for cyber skills to employ in our businesses, exactly the same thing is happening in criminal businesses, which are also businesses, you know, at the end of the day. They are also looking for cyber skills to employ. They're they're looking for experts in the field because 
that is where the money is, you know, so they are moving into these areas as well. So there's a couple of quick pointers. Mm. The first thing is, in all facets, you've got to realize it's very easy to impersonate a person or a company on the internet. You know, so you have to learn about things like SSL certificates. And that organizations like Law Trust, for example, mm. will go and research who is a company before they issue this SSL certificate. And that gives you a little yellow padlock on the website. Mm. But what they're telling the consumer is you are in a place, you're talking to a place that really exists. So that's very important. But other kind of impersonation is also that easy, you know. So you've got to be streetwise in all your interactions. So very important is to realize that impersonation can happen. You've got to look for indicators that validate that you're speaking to the right party. Followed up very closely by patch your software. You know, so most of the attacks that happen, happen with vulnerabilities which were known already, you know. So you've got to patch the software on your phone. You've got to do updates, in other words. Exactly the same in your business. By nature, the IT people may be hesitant to go and update systems because they don't want to break anything, you know, but it is so important because you've got to plug the holes. We talk about the Swiss cheese theory. If you hold up one slice of Swiss cheese, it's full of holes. If you take five of them and you stack them together, then the holes don't line up anymore and no one can get to you. You know, and that is what we're trying to do in business is Swiss cheese. All right. Mason, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Very informative. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.